the Astros have done it. The Astros are kings in 2022. Their second World Series crown in the space of five years. One of them, it's fair to say there may be some question marks over that one. Nevertheless, the record books will show 2017-2022. Houston Astros are the kings this year. They absolutely deserved it. We're also going to look ahead at what's coming for the Marlins here. What is coming for all of the teams Plus, also, what were the other sound bites from the Skip Schumacher presser day? There was still some more. Bruce Sherman, in particular, got some very interesting sound bites in there. So, we're going to cover it all on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, guys, of course, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening, hit subscribe to the pod. It is available free and everywhere, everywhere. And it's a daily pod even now. Still daily. Yes, sir. If you are listening and don't realize, there's also a YouTube channel. If that is your preference, hit hit me up there too. Hit subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hello, you will see. It is it is light outside, firstly, and a, a daytime pod, and it's a Sunday daytime. I didn't put one out on Friday, and then I didn't put one out on Saturday. Sounds like a Craig David song, that, but anyway, that's a side point. I I thought I'd wait to see what happened with the World Series and drop in over the weekend at some point. And we now, we now know. The Astros are kings in 22, and they absolutely deserved it. In the end, with the Phils, they ran out of gas. The Bats struggled against the the pitching staff of the Astros. It was a lot of the big boys that really showed up earlier in the postseason, went really cold uh, throughout the whole of the series against against the uh, the Astros. Apart from that that one game where they got themselves really going, I think it was bombs away early doors. But overall. You have to look at it and go, the best team probably won, which is interesting, right? Because earlier on, the people losing their minds. The format's wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. We want to see the hundred. I think in the end, when we sit back and, and reflect, the Astros probably were the best team. These regular, these regular season records can be deceiving, it's fair to say. Uh, and that is still where Kim Ang's head is at in terms of the Marlins record. She tripled down on that statement uh, the other day as well at the back end of the presser. I think this is reported by Christina Dinacola of MLB.com. And yes, she continues to to stand by her view that the the record was not indicative of the talent on the roster. We've heard that a few times. And I get where she's coming from. I understand what she's saying. Um, But there was definitely a few other sound bites that I wanted to just recap on. Obviously, we spent a lot of time on Thursday, immediate reaction to Skip Schumacher's hire. And two specific notes. Let's start with the administrative side, so to speak. And it was uh, confirmed, I believe, that from a coaching staff perspective, we already knew Mel was re-signing uh, for a multi-year deal. I'm not sure if the terms and the, the, the length may align to Skip Schumacher's term, which was two plus one. 
But we also now know that one other member of the coaching staff, Wellington Cepeda, uh, will also be back in 23. Uh, Cepeda is the bullpen coach. Uh, and I, I wonder if that's connected to Mel. Mel kind of saying that, you know, listen, I think we should keep um, Cepeda. And, and listen, the pen, I mean, boy, oh boy, you can point to the pen at times early in the year <laughs> in terms of the, the, the blown saves. But, you know, they've done a decent job out of the pen. You know, decent enough. No leverage, guys. But, you know, we, we know the drill. But what does that mean for everyone else? I mean, everyone else is effectively gone, I think, is is where we're up to. That's a lot of guys going. That is a bigger cull than Elon Musk is is delivering in Twitter. Like, in you know, there's people gone via emails uh, across Twitter. I'm intrigued to see what Twitter becomes in the future, whether it remains a usable platform. We will wait and see on that. Don't want to segue too heavily in that direction but what we know mel's back cepeda's back everyone else effectively gone i don't think it's the wrong call skip needs to be given the autonomy to choose his guys he also mentioned that many of them will be bilingual uh and so be able to relate to the, the strong kind of latin core that that remains in miami right now but equally will likely remain moving forwards um it's it's a you know, clearly a, a big part of baseball in general it's not just a miami thing so the other bit that I thought was very, very funny is probably the right way was the way that Bruce Sherman described the activities this offseason and the fact that there will be additions and deletions. <laughs> that is um, a very interesting uh, choice of words there from, from Bruce Sherman. There will be deletions. Who will be the first player to be deleted? We will <laughs> wait and see on that. We already have our phrase for 2023. We already have our meme for 2023. It's already out there with uh, Billy the Marlin and deleted underneath um, instead of the eliminated uh, banner that was there. But I, th I think the main thing, just kind of hearing Bruce talk, just kind of going away from, from the joke side, it clearly, you know, the roster, you know, there's, there's plenty of, there's so much that needs to be done. But what I would say the the vibes and this kind of sticks to quite a lot of the narrative that I, particularly Joe Brasaro has been talking about on Twitter recently. We shouldn't expect some some big free agent moves from the Marlins. We we should expect them to make some moves, but they're not going to be spending. I don't think any more though. So all of the the top dudes, all of the top names. It's funny. I think there was an article came out earlier this week of the top thirty free agents. Who are they linked to? Where are the possible landing spots? Not one of those. Uh, is is rumored uh, at all to be with the Marlins. So the Marlins, I don't think, are playing in that pool this year. From from in terms of the roster itself, clearly the offense needs a revamp quickly, and how they do that is going to be it's going to have to be via trades. It's going to have to be, and that's basically where I think Bruce Sherman was going. The other thing too is there's a lot of run it back vibes going on here. There's a lot of sun coming in my eyes too. Trying to adjust things here on the fly. Um, there's there's definitely a lot of run it back vibes from from Bruce where he's talking about he he referenced Francisco Lindor at the Mets to say, listen, we had you know he didn't have a great year in year one, but then kind of bounced back in year two, and expecting you're hoping I, I don't know if expecting is the right word, hoping that maybe we see some of that from 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 some of the Marlins guys. I guess he's talking about you have to imagine he's talking about Avicel Garcia. Because there's, you know, Soler was what he was and then got hurt. I, I, you know, Avi Garcia played in the, the majority of the year, a couple of IL stints, but he played the majority and he, he severely underwhelmed. We know that 
and as a fan base, yeah, we've 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 struggled to take to Avicel Garcia. The production wasn't there. No real kind of media PR. Nothing going on. Plus, then the 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 big kind of again meme image that's being clipped from Sandy Alcantara's speech to the clubhouse, and he sat there on his phone, just you know, not really engaging, perhaps as he should be. I don't know, but it's fair to say the fan base has struggled to to connect with Avicel Garcia. There were some flashpoint moments, obviously the big Cardinals home run uh, that we talked about. Uh, I briefly want to touch on that, just going back to the World Series, because that game uh, and that that moment there specifically linked into the World Series where the, the, the Phillies decided to pull their ace, has been their ace, and Zach Wheeler after 70 pitches in that game. What happens then? The reliever comes in and gives up a three-run blast and effectively ended the game at that point. The Phillies couldn't get any any further runs. It's funny, in that position, going back to that game with Sandy, it's one of the most iconic moments in some ways of 2022. Avisel hit the home run to get Sandy back on the mound. Then San- Donny came out saying, hey, maybe it's time. Sandy just said, no, 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 go and sit back down over there, Donny. I've got this one. And, and he did. The funny thing is, is trust your ace. If you are bringing out Jose Alvarado, is he better than Zach Wheeler? No, he's not. He's not. Zach Wheeler coming out after 70 pitches was an absolute stinker from the Phils. Stinking decision that backfired rapidly in a big spot. You know, you've got to trust your ace. You have to. And I love the fact that Donnie did. I'm very intrigued. Just again, going off on a, you know, carrying this, this on. Going off on a few segues here. It's Sunday. It's Sunday afternoon. Of course it is. But I'm intrigued to see the way Skip and Sandy get that connection going. I am. Is is Sandy going to have the same the same leash in many ways? Is he is he going to be worked in the same way, or is Skip going to do things slightly differently? That for me is one of the really intriguing things because Sandy, with the Marlins, has been allowed it, particularly last year, to be himself. He has special dispensation to be Sandy Alcantara, the lion, the lion on the mound that wants to finish games. Going back to the Phillies there, is that Rob Thompson's call? Is it the analytics feeding in? Is it the computer says, no, what's going on? Nevertheless, they pulled their ace in a must-win game after 70 pitches. Okay, there was two guys on base. He'd walked a guy and there was there was a single, I think, up the middle. So, okay, two runners on. But for me, come on, come on, and it backfired badly. And I hope it's one of those. I hope it's one of those moments where you sit back and go, mm, "Okay, matchups sometimes aren't right." You know, I'm not a big proponent of, of you know saber metrics and and whatever, and the computer deciding what to do. Sometimes you got to trust your ace, you got to trust your eyeballs, you got to trust your gut. Who do I want pitching there? Zach Wheeler, who's throwing as hard as he has done all postseason, or do I want Jose Alvarado coming out? Come on, it's a no for that one. Rob Thompson paid for that one. The Astros still deserved it. Nevertheless, guys, uh, it's time to let you know about our good friends over at Bet Online and BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for betting, uh, football, and of course, the start of the new basketball season. It's Sunday today, guys, and so there is a lot of NFL on the slate. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts on every game, and as always, Bet Online. It remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. They have live betting up to the minute scores for every sport out there. That includes, of course, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. 
You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, right, back to the action here. I'm going off on loads of tangents. I apologize for that. Um, but, you know, the mind is working overtime on a Sunday. Coaching staff, we know Skip Schumacher's giving, he's, he, he's getting his own guys in. Mel's in, we know that. The rest, up to him. Wait and see. Bruce Sherman, additions and deletions. We'll wait and see who's deleted. Some of the interesting bits I dug into the other day was just looking at um, players that are out of options, out of minor league options. And as we start to look ahead now, now the World Series is done, the Marlins are going to have to shrink their roster pretty quickly. Sean Barrett's on the show tomorrow on Monday. We're going to dig into this specifically, looking at uh, the five guys or more that the Marlins perhaps look to move at this point um, just to clear the spot as the IL disappears as the season is now over. Uh, the Marlins have no free agents this year, so no qualifying offers to. They'll be looking ahead to how do we shrink our roster to 40? How do we then start to look ahead to arbitration? And one of the factors that plays into this is the guys that have zero minor league options because that has to factor into how they manage this roster at this point, both in terms of getting it to 40 and how they approach arbitration. I think a perfect case of that is Eliezer Hernandez. Let's say he's due, what, 1.52 million uh, in arbitration. He has zero minor league options. So the Marlins, by continuing to keep him on the roster right now, rather than waiving him, it will mean that they're committing to Eliezer Hernandez effectively to be on the 26-man roster um, because otherwise there's no point, no point to keep Eliezer Hernandez right now. Can they trade him at this point? The trade, you know, it's they can't. So they're at this point where maybe they'll think, can we trade Eliezer? Is there value in keeping Eliezer on this roster pre-arb and try to make a deal like they did with Georgie Alfaro last year? That is going to be a very interesting one. And me and Sean are going to talk about it. I think a lot of talk about him. But there's five other guys that are out of options. Sixto Sanchez being the other one. That, again, was an interesting one and made me think about why they burned that option there with Sixto. Because he, he was optioned and spent the whole year on the IL. The Marlins knew he, was, you know, he wasn't going to be pitching in AAA. But they optioned him. And then after a week, they moved him to the seven-day AAA or minor leagues IL. Uh, of course, we never saw Sixto all year, which was mm, the likely situation. The other approach the Marlins could have taken there would have been uh, keep him on the roster pre pre the start of the season. They just transfer him to the IL, whether it's the the 15 uh, day or the the 60 day. Nevertheless, the Marlins decided to option him and then place him on that IL. Why? Why, you ask? Because this is the thing. He's now got zero options, so they have no wiggle room with Sixto Sanchez other than rehab-related stuff. So you have a period of rehab um, that you can do. I think it's three weeks max. Um, so they do have that wiggle room. But let's say Sixto, you know, to get comp competitive innings back up, like it's going to be really tough for the Marlins now. They have no real way of getting in really to a major league starter. In 2023, they don't. If he's hurt going into the start of the year, then he's either going to be a reliever, he's going to be waived, traded, I guess is another option, or will kind of just be on the IL again. 
Sixto, for me, is a very, very intriguing one. I really want to get into that in more detail as, as we get into the offseason. Like I said, because all options for me, uh, pardon the pun, because there's no options, uh, all options are open there with Sixto. And just to kind of recap those, uh, because they're spilling out my mind at the same time. So if he's healthy at the start of spring and through spring, great. He, but he has to be on, on the Major League roster. He can't go down to AAA or AA perhaps, but you can't go down to AAA um, other than if it's kind of IL, coming off an IL and a rehab uh, situation. The Marlins decided to do that because they wanted to um, keep an extra year of control at the back end, so they still anticipate Sixto to um, be healthy and contribute to a point where they see value, more value, in having the extra year of control at the back end of his control versus the minor league option. So they burned the option to keep the control there, and they decided to pay him minor league money instead of um, the major league money that he would have taken all of that dough on the IL. So they saved themselves, what, 700 grand, and they also saved themselves a future um, control year at the back end. When you sit back and think about that, probably that is the right call um, for a couple of reasons, but it probably is. They save the money. Of course, that means a lot to the Marlins. But also, if they still believe in Sixto, uh, or if anyone does, then that will be valuable to have that extra year of control rather than have the service time accrue all the way through a lost year. But they have zero option. So without the option, Sixto now with his limited wiggle room, he if he's healthy through spring, he has a, a chance to compete for the rotation, clearly. Probably an, an unlikely situation. If he, does, if he starts the year on the IL, then he's got a bit of rehab um, wiggle room. Um, but after that, then he has he has to come off and he has to go onto the major league roster or be waived, DFA'd, and or be traded. And that's the other thing is at, at that point, do the Marlins maybe look to trade him? So the outlook for Sixto in 2023 is very, very mixed. This it can go so many ways. I'm not convinced that the Marlins, the historic, and this is the thing as well. There's a changing of the guard now in the Marlins. Is this a fresh slate for Sixto Sanchez? This is becoming a Sixto Sanchez pod. Didn't even think that, but nevertheless, I'm going to keep rolling with it. Is this a fresh slate for Sixto Sanchez now in this organization? I know Kim's still around, but is it? Skip Schumacher, all of his coaches, it's going to be a different vibe. Is that going to help Sixto? Do the Marlins still believe in him? I don't know. I said a few months ago on the pod, I'm not convinced that Sixto will ever pitch again in the major leagues. Like, just this continuation of injuries that keep building up and building up on the throwing arm. Like at some point it gets, it gets to a point where you just think, do I want to do this anymore? And he'd already had those questions kind of pointed to him. Does he want it enough? Wasn't clear if he did. Nevertheless, the way the Marlins have gone about it, zero options on six though, IL, IL rehab only other than that best case situation for the six though, for six though in 2023, in my opinion is that he pitches out of the bullpen at the major league level after perhaps making some rehab starts. Worst case is another year lost, clearly. Um, maybe worst worst case is he's DFA'd and that's the end of his Marlins tenure. We'll wait and see. So that's two guys. Eliezer, Sixto. There's some other guys as well where there's zero wiggle room. Lewin Diaz, Jesus Sanchez that we talked about as well. And I know again, Joe Brasaro called this out um, saying it was a bit of a puzzling call months ago. He was allowed to struggle at the major league level. He was then, he was even allowed to continue playing after he slept in and missed a game. Um, so no discipline there. Next thing is he's sent down to AAA 
and have Burns's option at the time when the Marlins, they were out of it. They were already out of it, and they decided to burn that option. So again, Jesus Sanchez has to be on the roster. So could he be a candidate? I think there's too much talent there for them to just you know, move him at this part of this kind of 40-man crunch. But as you head into the offseason, is he going to be part of a package maybe? As they look to move an arm, do you package in a Jesus Sanchez, a Lewin Diaz? Like they're perfect guys to package in where other clubs, maybe rebuilding clubs slightly, can carry them can carry them on, on a 26-man roster for, for most of the year. And I think Jesus Sanchez and Lewin Diaz could do that. Um, but we'll wait and see. Edward Cabrera also out of options. I think Edward Cabrera, things are in a different spot with him now. Again, it's all being health related. But if healthy, Edward Cabrera um, is 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 going every fifth day now. There's no reason why not. What a great fifth starter. The other thing to call out on Edward Cabrera. Do the Marlins look to move him? Possibly. Possibly. The upside is absolutely there with Eddie Cabrera. I think it'd be very, very interesting. You know, Mel talks about it like it's, I've talked about it too, like it's Sandy 2.0. You know, that could be very enticing for any club because the lack of um, service time, the age, the upside, like it's a massive upside there with Edward Cabrera. It really is. And so, you know, he could be a headliner in a deal. He really could. Um, there's someone else that's got a final year, uh, sorry, zero options. I've completely forgotten who it is. <laughs> there's definitely six of them. Um, but nevertheless, that feeds into the decision-making. It does. Eliezer, I think it really feeds into the decision-making for this roster. Like for me, I think you just got to, I think you DFA or waive um, Eliezer now. I just, I I can't see them getting much back in return. Um, But nevertheless, I've segued away there onto a few things. Sean is in the house tomorrow. We're going to dig into the 40 man. We're really going to dig into it, see if he agrees with me on Eliezer. I don't think, I don't think we'll be looking to move uh, Jesus Sanchez as part of this. Um, but you know, there's some guys have got to go, like some guys have to be, um, DFA'd. We'll wait and see who they are. I think maybe Luke Williams could be another interesting one. Um, but it's going to wrap us up on Sunday, guys. I'm afraid that was a little bit of a spotty episode where I kind of went all over the show. Sixto Sanchez, uh, we ended up deep diving on a, a kind of deep dive on Sixto. The Astros are Kings. The Phils, they botched it in that, in that sixth game. You know, they, they went away from their ace and it hurt them. Computer was wrong. Trust your ace, Skip Schumacher. How will he and Sandy, how will that leash, will it be similar to last year? Will Sandy be allowed to show us the length again? (laughs) We'll wait and see on that one. Um, Sandy Alcantara also we're expecting to be named uh, the Cy Young winner in the very, very near term. Um, We've also got Bruce Sherman out there saying players will be, there will be additions and there'll be deletions. The deletions will start this week. Um, But also it's then about, what they can do in this offseason. It really is. They need sticks and need them badly. The question is, is how, how can you add the sticks without completely, completely killing your rotation? That is the question for the fish. Can you add without giving too much away? But also, sounds to me like Bruce Sherman is expecting a Francisco Lindor bounce back from Avisel Garcia. I think he's hoping rather than expecting. Nevertheless, that is us done. Unlocked our minds on a Sunday. Hope you've enjoyed a Sunday episode. Congrats to the Astros. And we're going to be back tomorrow, really digging in to the 40-man roster. See you then.